not alone. Come on, sing it. Hallelujah. There's never been a day or an hour where he hasn't been there. Come on, he's my comfort. He's my comfort. Come on, can you call on him in the midnight hour? Come on, have you called on him at your point of breaking and needed him? Your spirit is with Come on, has it restored joy and hope into your life today? say so. God's done too much for us to be silent on him on this Sunday morning. He's, he's done too many miracles. He's, he's given too many signs and wonders for us to be able to hold back our hearts and our worship from him. He's made too many ways out of no ways. He's healed too many times. He's forgiven too many sins for us to be silent. Come on, we're going to baptize someone else this morning. We're going to baptize another one whose life is going to be the sins completely washed away and whose past is completely gone. Come on, we're talking about life. Eternally here. An eternal God who loves you and gave himself for you. Who never leaves, who's never forsaken, who's never abandoned, who's never walked away. Other people have, but he is steadfast and stable. God, you may return to your seats this morning if you desire. I'm believing for a great outpouring of the Holy Ghost in this church. And until we empty whatever we need to be emptied of, and until we lay down what we must be laying down and quit carrying, I'm going to continue to admonish us to give. I'm going to admonish us to lift up our voices. His promise is, draw nigh unto him and he will draw nigh unto you. He inhabits the praises if you need to feel the inhabitation of the Lord's presence, then you need to praise Him. 
If you come to the house of God needing a miracle, then you need to lift up your voice and praise Him. If you need God to answer prayer, then you need to come to the house of the Lord and you need to praise Him. You need to empty yourself, empty your heart, empty your mind, empty your life, empty your spirit, empty your soul, and let God do a work. You cannot expect God to fill a vessel that is already full of itself. It didn't take long by walking through Sister Worthington and my's house or home or any place that we ever live. You see that there's not a lot of greenery on this inside of it because, frankly, we can't keep it alive. But I have a grandmother that has been able to thrive and plants and fruits and vegetables and you'll see her every now and then she'll go through and she'll be watering plants and she'll be taking care of her little plant babies cutting limbs pulling dead things off but every now and then you'll see her taking the flowers out of a vase or emptying the water out cleaning the vessel putting them back in and then putting fresh water because when you put fresh clean water on top of dirty nasty stagnant water all you've done is circulate what was dead already there sometimes you need to empty the vessel so that God can put something fresh and new and reviving and clean and nourishing on the inside. Some of you need a fresh work. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. Some of you need a fresh touch. Some are in new in need of renewal in the Holy Ghost. It's been a long time. But the reason it's been a long time is the vessel was already full. And it needs to be emptied. You got what you needed five months ago or five years ago or ten years ago, but now you're in need of a fresh touch. And even though what was good then is still good now, it's life has been declouded and life has been tainting and life has been pouring its nonsense in and it's just kind of bogged down with doubt and worry, bad decisions and with hurt. You need to empty that vessel. Let God put something new inside of it this morning. Deuteronomy, the eighth chapter, I'll take you very quickly. We're going to have a baptism this morning. See another life changed by the power of the name of Jesus that will be spoken over it. Washing away all sins. Making a new creature in Christ. Coming up believing that what is instilled this day is the beginning of a new life. Deuteronomy the 8th chapter. Beginning with the 11th verse. Beware that thou forget not the Lord thy God. And not keeping his commandments and his judgments and his statutes which I commanded thee this day. Lest thou when thou hast eaten and art full and hast built goodly houses and dwelt therein. And when thy herds and thy flocks they multiply and thy silver and thy gold is multiplied. And all that thou hast is multiplied. Then thine heart be lifted up, and thou forget the Lord thy God, which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt, from out of the house of bondage, the Lord who led thee through great and terrible wildernesses, where there was no water, who brought thee forth water out of the rock of flint, who fed thee in the wilderness with manna which thy fathers knew not, 
that he might humble thee and that he might prove thee to do thee good at thy latter end. And thou say in thine heart, My power and the might of mine hand hath gotten me this wealth. But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that it giveth thee power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, which he sware unto thy fathers as it is this day. And it shall be that if thou do all forget the Lord thy God and walk after other gods and serve them, and worship them. I testify against you this day that ye shall surely perish as the nations which the Lord destroyed before your face. So shall ye also perish because ye would not be obedient unto the voice of the Lord your God. For the next few moments, if I can, I want to speak on this subject. A shout down memory lane a shout down memory lane why don't we close our eyes lift up our hearts and our voices to the Lord this morning before you're seated Lord let me hear you pray this morning God in the precious name of Jesus for you are able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think according to that which worketh in us we're asking today that the ministry of the Lord would be evident in this house. Heal and set free and deliver from things that have begun to encroach upon our lives and entangle us again with the yoke of bondage set us free. God, I'm asking today, though, that you would remove those hindrances from our life. That you would remind us today of the work that you have done upon the sin of which Calvary's cross has washed away. Remind us of every miracle. Remind us of every victory. And give us a shout that cannot be taken away. Give us a praise that cannot be silenced, oh God. Remind us again of the goodness and the severity of God. Remind us again of the goodness and the love of God. Remind us again of the blessings and the healing of God. In the name of Jesus. Release us in faith today, believing for greater things. In the mighty name of the Lord, we ask one more time, can we clap our hands and praise Him? Praise God, praise God, praise God. You may be seated this morning if you desire. We cannot forget that it was the Lord who brought Israel out of Egypt. He alone brought the plagues from heaven, rained fire and hailstones upon the land. It was His power and His power alone who turned the river into blood. We must not forget it was God who parted the waters so that they passed through on dry ground, but still when they were walking out of the land of their own affliction, fears began to consume them as their harassers and their bondage holders pursued after them. Their past began to call upon them and entreat them to think of those things again. But in an unusual fashion, as God always does, because His ways are not our ways, and He is not bound to the thoughts and the actions of man, He makes a way. It's funny how God makes a way, because it was funny how when you're praying for blessings, things in your life begin to end that you thought were the means of your blessings before God opens a new door. It's funny how we go through seasons of uncertainty when we're praying for God to open a door of faith. It's funny how we go through seasons of loneliness when before God brings blessings of comfort. How are we going to understand peace unless we have first gone through the storm? It's God's unusual way of getting our attention 
reminding us that we didn't get here by our own accord. We didn't get receive what we have because of our own talent and our own ability. Bringing clouds of confusion among the men of Pharaoh and burying the past in a sea which he parted by his own power, making a way for them to know that what is behind them and what was behind them, what followed them, only followed them to a certain point because God himself eradicated the problem from their own thinking. They had come through the Red Sea that the Lord had parted and they walked through on dry ground, but there in the midst of where the sea had once sat, Pharaoh and his armies decided to rest in one evening. And that very night, the Lord had separated the children of Israel from the armies of Pharaoh. And in the very next morning, covered Pharaoh with the very Red Sea that had been parted. As if signifying to them, this is what baptism is all about. There will be things that may seemingly follow you out of your bondage, but they will never pass through the waters of baptism. Jesus was very specific when he said, being born again of water and of the Spirit. Because the washing of the waters of regeneration, baptizing us into Christ, making us new creatures creatures in Christ, covering us, uh, creating in us a new name for them that have been baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. There are things that you carry into baptism that you do not carry out. He said behind us, all things are now become new. Trying to instill into the children of Israel, this is the new mindset of freedom. Your past has no hold on you anymore. If the feeling of deliverance wasn't overwhelming enough, because absolutely every single one of us don't know what to do in a new life. Well, what do I do now? How do I think now? How do I worship now? A new life in Christ can be very confusing to some because it has separated you from everything that you always were. You're not going to think the same. You're not going to want the same. You're not going to do the same. You're not going to desire the same. Your friendships are going to be different. Your talk's going to be different. Your walk's going to be different because after Jacob's encounter with God, when he began to really be open and honest and God would declare unto him who his name really was, from that very night forward, Jacob walked different and everyone saw the walk. When you have been found as a new creature in Christ, everyone's going to see that you are something of a new creature. Everything about you, everything about your desires, everything about your demeanor is going to testify of a different person that now stands before you and testifies of a God that has changed you and has made you whole. But we should not forget what God has done. Israel did not know what to do with the newness of life that God had given to them. They didn't know what to do with this newfound direction. My goodness, what do I do every day? I don't have to be up at the crack of dawn with the striking of the whip. I, I don't have to be making brick and mortar with my own hands. I'm not struggling under the labor under the devices and the guises of, of a nation that has tried to rule me and keep me under thumb every day for my entire life. After 400 years of bondage, after 400 years of servitude, what were they going to do with this newfound freedom that God has given them? 
Surely the miracles were enough for every single one of them to hang on to as they're waking up every morning and they're stretching forth their hands and they're yawning with new life in them, given to them freedom given by the hand of God, not having to sit here and go to work every single day. But what am I going to do? Remember, you wouldn't have it if it had not been for the Lord. Remember, it was Him that wrought the miracles in Egypt. It was Him that made a way out of no way, but yet it wouldn't be long for their timely freedom that they would begin to murmur and they began to complain. Even the Lord had set them free, they still longed for the things that they had before God had found them. They got too comfortable and they got too unmoved by the way in time. They got too comfortable and too unmoved by the moving of God's presence in time. As soon as they come through the Red Sea, there was never a day where they were not standing still, but God was moving them to a new future. God was moving them to a land that He had promised. God began to move them to a place of healing, moving them to a land that would be their own, a land flowing with milk and honey. But before you get there, before you get to that promise, you've got a walk of faith that you've got to endure. But in every step, you've got to remember you wouldn't be where you are if it had not been for the goodness and the mercy of God. But how dare us? We get to the place where we get unmoved by His presence. We get unmoved by His mercy. We get unmoved by His goodness. We get unmoved by His blessings. And we begin to think it's because of us and what we've done that we have what we have. How dare we ever think that we've got what we have because we built it with our own hands. We gave it with our own I've got a few on my side this morning. Hey, if we're going to see the revival that God has for us, we've got to remember that what we have is not our own. If we've gotten too comfortable with this place, then you need to sit on another side of the church on a Sunday morning and you need to remember where you were when God found you. If we've gotten too comfortable with who we are and what we are in this church, then we need to be reminded of who we were before God found us. What did they have to offer? What place did they have? What good did they give? Where would that person be right now? Where would that mindset be right now? But we too so often become unmoved by things in time. I cannot stand a silent church when God has done too much, when God has given too much, when God has broken too much, when God has removed walls too much, when God has removed addiction too much, when God has answered prayers too much. Hey, you came running when your marriage was falling apart and God mended it. You came running when addiction came knocking at the door and God put it to hope. You came crying when sickness, well, I done made a mess now. You came crying when sickness was overwhelming in your body and a healing touch of God came in the name of Jesus and immediately sickness was gone. Can we, can we honestly be silent when God has healed sickness in this house, when God has brought dead people back to life from this We should never become unmoved in time. And it wasn't that God couldn't. And it wasn't that God wouldn't. And it's not that God had not. It was their inability to remember of what was the cause of their own affliction. In Mark the sixth chapter, Jesus was with his disciples. And they had gotten caught up into a storm. The Bible said in the culminating the verses, and he went up to them into the ship. And the wind ceased, and they were so amazed in themselves beyond measure. And they wondered 
For they considered not the miracle of the loaves. For their heart was hardened. God had just performed a miracle in their presence before 7,000 people. And the baskets that remained full of the bread and the fishes were with them in the boat. And the moment that they got caught up in a storm, they couldn't consider the miracles that had been done. They got caught up in a storm wondering if God could make a way. And they couldn't even look at the loaves and remember what God had already done before. They had to wonder if God even cared about filling their need. And they couldn't even turn around and look at the loaves. There is no way to not remember unless the connection of the miracle and your life has been lost somehow inside of your own mind. You think you can navigate the storm on your own and then all of a sudden it gets too hard to manage and then you want to know where God is and you forget everything that he has already done to get you to this place and then some. How is it that only two spies out of 12 could see what God could do and no one else could see it? Because only two could remember how big their problems once were and they saw that this is nothing compared to once we, what we went through. This is nothing compared to what we once lived with. It is because only two could connect what God had already done with what was already to be faced in their life. And they said it wasn't too hard for him then. It's not going to be too hard for him now. He could do it then. He, he can still do it now. And so God told Joshua, after that generation had passed, to set up a memorial that you would remember that it was the Lord. I think some of us need to stop thinking about taking a walk down memory lane and start taking a shout down memory lane because you don't have he didn't have to change it he didn't have to heal it he didn't have to set you free he didn't have to make you new he didn't have to make a way out of no way he didn't have to part the waters he didn't have to bless you with children he didn't have to give you a good job he didn't have to restore your man I think some of it instead of taking a stroll down memory lane we need to start taking a shout because when I think of the goodness of Jesus, when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all. Because I'm going to tell you something. Praise is inside of you before it comes out of you. David said, bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is with before you even begin to open up your mouth and praise him there's something already on the inside that says hey hey remember when remember when remember when Sister Warbin if you want to come so I'm not going to be very long today bless the Lord all my soul and all that is within me. Before you sing it, that song's already on the inside. Before you shout it, that praise is already on the inside. Before you testify it, that thought's already on the inside. When I consider the heavens, the sun, the moon, the stars, which thou hast ordained, who am I that you would touch me? Who am I that you would bless me? Who am I that you would... What has he done that your mind cannot withhold any thought from him? What is it that you live with that he has done and it wasn't your hands? It wasn't your job. It wasn't your ability. It wasn't your talents. It wasn't, it wasn't your knowledge. It wasn't your wisdom. But what you had, you don't even know how you got it. But somehow God made a way. He touched it and he blessed it and he made it fruitful. You cannot... We cannot forget. David said, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. 
Psalms 103, 1 through 5. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not His benefits. Who forgiveth all thine iniquities, all whose sin has been forgiven. Who healeth all thy diseases, all who has been touched in their body. Who redeemeth thy life from destruction, oh, who has God kept? We're too silent. Who crowneth me with loving kindness and tender mercies, whose life is better now than it has ever been. Who satisfieth thy mouth with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like an eagle's. What? to get too unmoved by things we're we're unmoved too much by his presence we think we're doing everybody and God a favor just by showing up on Sunday morning and hey I've punched in my time clock I'm here but I want to tell you you want to move God you want to move God's presence you want to show God how grateful and how thankful you really are why don't you start taking a shot down memory lane Deuteronomy 9 and 7 Remember and forget not How thou provokes the Lord thy God To wrath in the wilderness From the day thou didst depart Out of the land of Egypt Until you came unto this place You have been rebellious You've forgotten You've forgotten why you've been living in freedom What bondage was really like Do you want to go back? Do you want to go back to living without the blessings of God? Do you want to go back trying to struggle to find joy in your life every day? Do you want to go back being broken in your spirit every morning when you wake up and you eat the tears? Do you want to go back to that kind of remembrance? Do you want to go back to that kind of bondage? No. It was our sin that he forgave. It was our life that he restored. It was our storm that he calmed. It was our sickness that he healed. How can I forget how it was compared to how it is? How can I ignore who I was compared to who I am? It wasn't the Lord who turned his back upon Israel. It was their tendency to be inconsistent in their commitment and in their connection to the miracles which God had given. We are consistent at being inconsistent at that. We constantly embrace healing and yet we forget. We embrace the supernatural and then we forget. We embrace the blessing of God and we forget. We embrace the healing of God and we forget. Stand with me. I wonder why some men who received miracles in the works of the Gospels never wrote their own epistles or never wrote books of their own testimonies. I wonder why the lame man that was healed at the gate never had his own book why his name is not even mentioned could it be at some point in his life that even the miracle which had been wrought by the hand of God in his life was somehow forgotten how many had received works of God's presence in their life but never stayed faithful to the touch that they received to ever testify But every morning he wakes up, he looks down and he can see those toes that he could now move who for 40 years sat at a gate he could never. Men tore the roof off of a house to get to Jesus because the truth is, is we are only willing when we're wanting. We're only willing when we're wanting but we're not willing when we just know what will happen 
We're unmoved by circumstance and we're unmoved by the presence of God because we can't let go. We cannot ignore. We cannot afford to forget. But every service is an opportunity to touch God. So every service we come in, we should be wanting. The 77th Psalm, and I conclude. In verse 5, I have considered the days of old and the years of ancient times. But I call to remembrance my song in the night. Where I commune with mine own heart. And my spirit made diligent search. I'm talking about a praise. I'm talking about a shout down memory lane. Sister Worthington and I were coming on three years. I'm not going to embarrass anybody. I'm not going to call anybody. I'm not one of those kind of guys. But if you have, if, if, if Lone Oak Apostolic Church has been the church in your life for over 10 years, I want you to raise your hand. If Lone Oak Apostolic Church is the church where you receive the Holy Ghost, I want you to raise your hand. Well, we already testified about half of the church. If God has ever healed your body in this church, would somebody pray for you? If God has restored a relationship,
sanctuary of the Lord today. Come on, Brother Skipper. Praise God for Corey for a few moments. Life has been given. Life has been extended. Jesus. God's got forgiveness of sins right now in the name of 